Well, hello there. It is James Stewart, and I am back on the Pile and Ultra Pod. Thank you so much to Paul for holding the fort last week whilst I was travelling and running about a wee bit with his really, really insightful um, the struggle of sticking to the plan pod. Um, and that followed on from our Passion Drought one, which is part of our sprint series on top six training mistakes. And here we are at number five on these. And I'm going to open up this week's chat just to talk to you about what I would say are a handful of talking points and considerations on this week's subject, which is when athletic expectation doesn't meet the reality of capability. And by the reality of capability, I mean in that moment, or indeed it could be the potential of an athlete. And we often see it where it can actually be twofold, where someone might hold back and not reach the limit of their potential because they're not bold enough to go to step into what that capability might look like, so they find themselves in a comfort zone. Or the second element of it is, is when someone... Um, and the word delusion is a really, really strong and probably unfair word here. But when someone who has maybe never run a 20-minute 5K is targeting a 40-minute 10K, that feels like a bit of a leap if you follow the logic. Um, not to say that's impossible. There could be good reason why you haven't run a 20-minute 5K because you've just never run a 5K. Um, but, you know, those indicators that help make sense of what your potential and opportunity might be. So, subject this week I'm going to talk to you about is, is when expectations meet reality, or when they don't. So I'm going to give you a handful of things to think about, and then I'll hand it over to my friend Paul, who'll then bring us home with some of his further thoughts on that, which stretches beyond just your athletic life, right? This is everything we do on the Pylon Ultra Pod is meant to cut across your athlete and your ultra life. So the reality is, is when it's capability versus reality, that can be the same beyond the four walls of running and ultra running. So thing one I want to talk about is is Here's, a, here's a, a, a talking point to start with. When your capability is mismatched to the reality of what you think it is, you can set unrealistic goals, and that can be north and south of what your true capability is. So the point being is, is you may be capable of doing a 35-minute 10K or a 50K in under four hours or whatever it might be, but you're only pushing yourself to maybe do 40-minute 10K and a 5-hour 50K because you have a fear of what of failing and maybe not hitting that lofty goal. And it's the old phrase of it's better to aim high and hit, uh, aim high and miss than aim low and hit. But the flip of that could be true as well. And this is why it's important to be taking on data and maybe insight from others. And we talked in an earlier podcast about how comparison can be unhealthy and everything can be both unhealthy and healthy and, and depending on how you use it. Comparison at this point can be really useful in order for you to see where you stand against your peers and what their performances look like. So when you're trying to set goals, it's really, really important that you try and do them grounded in some sense of capability in the moment and also where you think you may get to. So for example, I ran Toronto Marathon last week in about 2.41. I knew I was capable of doing maybe 2.38 on a brilliant day, but I knew I was also likely to run somewhere between 2.40 and 2.45. So I went out hard to try and hit 238 and I come home in 241. I was really, really happy with that because I still went ahead of where I thought my realistic capability was in the day. But I know that I can still run faster than that. And if I train right and I, and I work on the, the things that didn't go so well in Toronto, both before and during, I can do better. Realistic goals are something that when expectations meet reality and capability, you can do some magical work on. But when they don't, it can cause a really negative mindset. Second one is, is that we all have a physical limitation. So you've got to think about it as, is what will my body give me? 
And that's the physical side of it. Like, how much can I run? You know, you've got fast twitch fibres, slow twitch fibres. Some people have got, you know, a higher VO2 than others and therefore people naturally have greater capability than others and then people can train that capability. But we all have different levels we can get to, both based on what we can commit to physically and what we can commit to from um, a, a time point of view. And the physical one is something that we can nurture and grow. And if we do that right over a period of time, through things like periodization and training and lifetime athlete, then that physical capability will grow. But we all have our own limit on that, yeah? Um, and if you try and push beyond that, you're basically opening yourself up to potential risk of injury, which is a nightmare. So the example being overtraining. Um, so if you think that I can do 100 miles a week for 100 weeks of the, um, in a row, the chances are you might find the next 100 weeks you'll be lucky to run 40 miles. I'm being melodramatic with that there, but I want to make the point is that you may be okay in a moment, 100 mile a week, 100 mile a week, 100 mile a week, broken. So you might be better to do 60 mile a week and be able to do that for a long period of time. So knowing what your physical limitations are and what your health and well-being are associated to that is really, really important. But also being willing to explore beyond where you think that's at at a safe and um, intentional way. Third thing, that when the reality of your capability can then bump into the expectations of what you want to do, is, is your mental and emotional state. We talk about it often, and you think about running, the pillars are running, and you think about physical capability, mental capability, strength and conditioning, mobility, and all of that kind of good stuff. We always focus on the physical side of it, but we know in ultra running, the mental side of it's much, much more important than maybe in a 5K, um, because you might have to dig into that mental well for hours rather than minutes. Um, and the expectation of always feeling, say, motivated and positive may not make, meet the reality of what truly happens in both ultra training and ultra racing. So you're going to have bouts of fatigue, um, you're going to have bouts of doubt, and you're going to have decreased motivation just born by the tiredness and the, the, the weight you bear by trying to train on that. And and I think if, if you go in there thinking everything's going to be sunshine and lollipops, you're probably setting yourself up for a quite a precipitous drop when the reality of the training load or the reality of an event or the reality of some sort of attrition happens, hits you. And that's why having resilience um, strategies and stuff matters. And then I think that this is one that... and. I know that we're piling ultra coaching and we do lots of coaching, so I don't want anyone to feel like this is a pitch because people can work this stuff themselves. Structured training and social cohesion can make a massive difference. Feeling part of something and having an intention and having a structure around that can make some difference. Um, some people believe that just willpower alone and frequent running are enough to reach their goals. However, structured training that brings variety, which keeps it fresh, which helps with the motivation, which we just talked about, um, can be extremely important, but it's also important for the specificity of what you want to do. So if I, for example, in reality, only ever train by running flat runs on the canal and then step into a 100-mile trail race with 20,000 feet of climb, I'm for a rude awakening after about three or four descents because my quads are going to be in a bit of a state unless I'm doing... Other factors like a really, really heavy load of strength and condition or something to help that. If I haven't basically got my quads conditioned, when I hit an environment that I am not trained or I'm, I'm, I'm not trained or ready to and not trained and prepared for, the reality is, is what I think I can do will quickly come crashing down. So structured training, specificity and intentionality and in what you do can be really, really important for both maximising performance 
and more importantly, avoiding demotivation and avoiding injury. And then the last one, and I think this is really important, especially in running, is the learning curve. Loads and loads of runners assume rapid progress in the beginning, or they see rapid progress in the beginning of their training. If you're coming from a low base, like if you're coming from, um, you're, you're just starting out, or you might be stepping into your first ultra, you're going to see this exponential curve in um, your training. And it's really easy for us to extrapolate that out into the long term and we get excited. You know, we take five minutes off our 5k PB and we're like, well, there's another five minutes I can take there. But the law of diminishing returns starts to apply and you need to adjust your analysis about how your current performance and your current training will play through into future performance and future outcomes. Because it gets to a point where we all have a plateau and a level we'll reach. And then it's about the to use the Sir David Brailsford um, language, it's all about marginal gains at that point, you know, where you can make those little changes. It might be in your nutrition, it might be in your strength and condition, it might be you get to a point where you're doing your running training at a certain level and then you're trying to get those um, gains in other parts of your, your training and your athlete life. But what we see often is people who um, ascend quickly struggle to stick at that level of ascent because they get frustrated at the progress slowing down because in their mind, their capability is as accelerated and continued progress when the reality is, is that progress will slow down. So understanding that, understanding that the learning and improvement club uh, curve slows down and that's okay, and then looking at where your other opportunities for improvement might come is an essential part of being able to get a real good look at what capability versus reality comes out like. And all of this is grounded in the principles of attack, which we've talked about a lot before, which is awareness, thinking and action, obviously with kick-ass at the end of it. But the really it's the first part of this, which is awareness. When you think about it, that is reality. But the reality can sometimes be better than you think or worse than you think. So it's not always just negative than your reality is. You think, you think you're better than you are. The reality is, is you could be better than you are. And external inputs and support from others both self-absorbed external inputs or conversations, coaching, support, whatever it might be, can help you get a good and better awareness of what that reality might be. And then you put some thinking into how you might use that. And then you decide through action how to take that forward. Now, I'm going to complete my ramble there. Um, I've been talking to you for a wee while now, probably longer than I should. And I'm going to hand you over to Paul, who's currently still down under, and he's going to just bring us home on this subject. G'day, it's Paul. I think that term's probably only used by Australians. I don't think I've heard anybody from New Zealand use it, but, um, and maybe the term down under is only Australia too. I don't know. Anyway, I'm in New Zealand. Uh, there was a lot in that from James. It was a really good session. Thanks, James. Um, and I think, as he rightly pointed out, it's not just about having higher expectations that you can deliver in reality, but for many, it's more likely that a lack of positive expectations uh, be the things that hold you back as an athlete uh, and most of us have probably been guilty of that from time to time so expectations and reality is obviously quite a delicate balancing act high expectations can be a great source of motivation and drive but if there's an excessive disparity between them it can quickly lead to feelings of disappointment frustration and even despair so doing that in training is one thing but what about life in general now, we all have expectations, even the most mindful among us, from how your day is likely to pan out to what your life will look like in two, five or ten years. 
It might be how quickly you feel you should be progressing with your job, how often and where you'll travel, what your kids will go on to do and what your overall financial outlook uh, appears to be. So I think James picking this up, he's opened a huge can of worms and maybe it's one of the biggest factors in the disquiet and the lack of harmony that we feel in our own lives. If what we anticipate happening is rarely what we encounter, you can see what damage that might do to our emotional well-being and ultimately our overall satisfaction with life. So it's clear to me that there's a lot of power in expectations. For example, we don't usually take on a new career type job without an expectation for where that's going to take you and how it's going to impact your life. We've probably all done it right, so maybe you apply for a job, you send your CV, you get an interview, maybe it goes well, maybe you get a second interview, that goes well too. Who can really stop their mind starting to write that future narrative about how it's going to feel, the role itself, how you'll have more free time or how you have a bit more money to play with, and life is going to change for the better. So that narrative has driven you through the whole process in the first place. It's fueled your optimism that the role might just be the perfect one for you and it's inspired you to chase that goal of this new role and put in the hard work. So expectations give us ambition. However, I think it's important to recognise that expectations are not inherently positive. If your expectations are unrealistically high, the chances are you'll lead yourself into stressful situations, you'll probably experience some level of anxiety, maybe for extended periods, and you'll end up feeling burnt out. So this is particularly true when uh, our aspirations become totally disconnected from reality. And this misalignment can really harm our well-being and ultimately our performance too. So most of us have probably felt something like this in the past at some point. You've maybe over-promised on something when you deep down knew you were maybe a little out of your depth. You're not totally balanced with the reality of the situation. Now, I'm... Personally, I'm not especially prone to that. In fact, I'm probably too far the other way where I don't have enough weight on the expectations. But a good example of that outside the running might be in a work environment where maybe a project comes up that has a, has a need for a specific set of skills that you know aren't really in your wheelhouse. And you put yourself up for that for other reasons, like you just want to climb the ladder in any direction, even if it's not something that you really feel you can do well. And we see that in government roles all the time, these maniacs, politicians with expectations that aren't close to the realities of the skills and the skills gaps that they have. Um, I don't think I need to name too many here, but we've seen a lot of these characters over the past few years. So we do need to have some kind of realism too, and I think that forces us to be honest about the current circumstances and also about any limitations. Can I actually do this? and it keeps a keen eye on the unpredictability of life. So this might not go to plan for reasons that are out with my own control. Um, so that makes us more adaptable, we're better able to deal with setbacks, and we're not just clinging on to this idealised vision of success. So James knew a lot would have to fall into place for him to hit that marathon PB, because his marathon PB was super strong already, but he wasn't accepting mediocrity in any way, far from it. So he went into the whole training block knowing it was going to include challenges. It was going to include some failures and uncertainties along the way. So goals are much more achievable automatically 
and with that there's a better chance to develop a more resilient mindset and a more confident outlook. So what does this all really mean in terms of performance of our life? Um, if our expectations are too high and we expect everything to go to plan, the minute we experience an obstacle, we're not so good at manoeuvring around it and the resulting stress and maybe a fear of failure, it makes us less persistent. And then on the other side, never expecting a good outcome makes us reluctant to take risks and scared to explore any new opportunities. Now James talked about some kind of support system and I think that's been a huge thing for me. Um, as a new business owner in 2014, I didn't have lots of confidence or these grand and technical expectations. So I always had that reality check in that things might not work out. And then a few years later, I probably needed to lift my expectations rather than just cruise along. Um, and I was lucky enough to have a few people come into my life who said it was okay for me to want more and to set bigger goals. So I would definitely echo James in that doing things with a team around you and that might just be a partner or a partner and a friend or it might be a mentor or a coach. Uh, they can help you to ensure that you don't just settle and take the easy session or the easy race goal either. So to sum up on this from my side, I think aiming for some balance between expectation and reality isn't in any way about lowering your aspirations. It's more about anchoring those expectations in the realm of possibility because that's when we feel most empowered to achieve our goals, be them running related or wider life aspirations, whilst being able to maintain some kind of peace of mind and hopefully a fulfilling and successful life. I'll finish up there. Thanks for listening. Please do let us know what you think if you've taken anything useful from this episode. Feel free to leave us some feedback or even better, share the episode with someone who may also take something useful from it. If you'd like to get more involved with Pylon, please do check out the website pylonultra.com or our social media channels, which are mostly at Pylon Ultra. Uh, you could work with one of our great coaches or take a tailored training plan from us to help you make the most of your winter off season. We'll be back next week, all going to plan, with another mistake that we see in training and life. Thanks for listening. Cheers.